0: Well, we knew something had to had to change because uh, eleven straight losses not not going to get it done. Especially when you finish the season one and eleven. Now we know part of the change and uh, starts with with Jim O'Neill. You are locked on Northwestern, your daily podcast on the Northwestern Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in. This is Locked On Northwestern, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Carter Bird, and Thank you for making Locked On Northwestern your first listen today. For anything and everything Northwestern, we're available wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can find us. We're also on YouTube. Just search Locked On Northwestern and you can find us. Wherever you are listening, make sure you are subscribed, turn on notifications. You don't want to miss an episode, and uh, yeah, let's dive into this thing because you knew changes were coming. Uh, Changes are coming around the country to staffs everywhere, including, I mean, look, keep an eye on Alabama, keep an eye on Texas A&M, keep an eye on Kentucky, uh, just to name a few, and those are some programs that uh, are various degrees of success. Well, when you go one and 11 and you lose 11 straight, something's got to give. And uh, we know one of these names and we're going to talk about one of these names. There are a few names right now, but we're going to talk about one of these names right now. And that is Jim O'Neill defensive coordinator for Northwestern. No more. Jim O'Neill is fired. The 44-year-old defensive coordinator has been relieved of his duties after uh, what was not a great year. First off, let's, let's figure out exactly who Jim O'Neill is. Jim O'Neill has a pretty stout uh, resume when you dive into it. He is 44 years old, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, he went to Towson, where he played nose tackle, I do believe. Uh, and his coaching career started in 2001. Uh, so what, 21 years ago, when he started uh, coaching at Albany uh, as the um, assistant offensive line coach and tight ends coach. Then he, after 2001, 2002, he moved to Penn where he was the assistant offensive line coach. From there, he made his first trip to Northwestern. In 2003 and 2004, he was a grad assistant on staff for the Wildcats. After that, he moved back to his alma mater as the defensive coordinator in 2005, as well as the defensive backs coach. Then he moved to the MAC, where he was the safeties coach for Eastern Michigan from 2006 to 2008. Uh, And from there, he moved to the NFL. He found his way to the New York Jets, where he was a defensive quality control coach in 2009. After that, he was actually elevated to assistant defensive backs coach from 2010 to 2012. Then he became the linebackers coach for the Buffalo Bills in 2013, before becoming the defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns from 2014 to 2015. After that, he headed out west to San Francisco, where he was the 20. He was the defensive coordinator in 2016 for the 49ers. Then, and after a year off, a year not in the coaching game. He was a uh, senior defensive assistant for the Oakland Raiders before he was named uh, the Oakland Raiders slash Las Vegas Raiders because I think it was right in the transition period. Uh, He's the DB's coach for them in 2019 and 2020 before he became the defensive coordinator at Northwestern for the past two seasons, 2021 and 2022. Honestly, impressive resume. Has experience uh at all different levels of college football professional football uh has coached several several different positions has been defensive coordinators at the highest level um and several different levels across uh, along the way look i mean this is part of of coaching that really really sucks um having to let somebody go and you know um that fits didn't enjoy this. Um, there's always a human element of coaching changes that can sometimes kind of um, go by the wayside, not be thought about. And I think this one is probably an example of that after two years. Uh, I mean, Jim O'Neill, he's gonna have to, if he wants to continue coaching, he's gonna have to, uh, pack his stuff up, and find somewhere else to go. Um, that, but that's part of the job. That's part of why these coaches do make a lot of money. When you lose 11 straight games, you knew changes were coming. Jim O'Neill was the biggest name of the of the changes that were made. Uh, when you lose 20 out of 24, something's got to give. Something's got to give. And Jim O'Neill is one of the, the first dominoes to fall in what has to be an off season of significant change for Northwestern. But look, I have no doubt Jim O'Neill is going to land on his feet. He's got a heck, a heck of a resume. Um, and I think he's, look, he'll end up somewhere. He'll be on somebody's staff uh, for sure next year, whether it's as a position coach or maybe even a defensive coordinator at a smaller level, he will be somewhere. The resume and experience is way too impressive to not end up on a staff somewhere, but it just didn't work out at Northwestern. The the defenses were not good enough. He certainly wasn't helped by the offense in the same period of time. The losses stacked up, uh, and then there were a lot of issues that led to this, and that's how you end up with a situation where you're moving on from your defensive coordinator. Uh, in just a second, we're going to kind of dive into this this defense this year and kind of paint the picture of why, why action was, was taken, why it was taken before we kind of uh, take a look at the future. But first... Let's talk about our friends at Bet BetOnline Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Also, thank you for making Locked On Northwestern your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only locked on can provide locked on sports today available on this app, YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's jump into kind of this season, the season that was for, for Northwestern football, because Uh, For for, for the defense specifically, because we are talking about Jim O'Neill's dismissal, you allow 374.8 yards per game on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, That is good for 66th in the country. Not too bad in that aspect, but you allow 28.33 points per game Again, not the worst thing ever, 84th in the country. But kind of as you go, some of these stats are not going to be as pretty. 191.3 rushing yards allowed per game. Second year in a row, you've been really bad against the run game. And you didn't start awfully. It really got out of whack as the season went along. That's good for 111th in the country. That's not going to cut it in the Big Ten where there's plenty of teams that want to get physical and run the football. Because the run game was not that good, you did see the passing numbers not that bad. 183.4 passing yards allowed per game, 14th in the country, which is a little bit misleading when you don't have to put the ball in the air there's an and and teams are playing with big leads. They're not going to throw it as much. And I think that's what you saw this year. Northwestern allowed a completion percentage of 59.3% all season long. And that includes some games like Miami of Ohio, where you, you played a quarterback or, or Maryland where you played a backup quarterback and Billy Edwards, Jr. Some, some quarterbacks that were not very good at passing the football. And, uh, had posted really bad completion percentage numbers. They still for the season got to 59.3% on the year. You allowed 4.6 yards per carry, which is a pretty decent clip. And and we will talk about why a little bit more here in a little bit. 5.6 yards per play. Uh, You allow 41.8% of third downs to be converted. That is good for 99th in the country, so bottom third of the country Their Fourth downs, significantly worse. 70.6% of fourth downs were converted against the Northwestern defense, 128th in the country. There are only 131 teams, so not many teams behind Northwestern in that one. You'll have 244 first downs, this season 88.6 um, percent of opposing drives that got in the red zone came away with points which is good for a hundred and sixth in the country uh, pass efficiency defense uh, you allow a pass passer rating of 132.69 that is 72nd in the country but again we come back to it with the passing game don't have to, like teams didn't have to throw the ball. They didn't have to be efficient against Northwestern in the passing game because they could run the ball on them. And that was the story of the year. Uh, 18 sacks on the year, one and a half per game. That is 110th in the country, 54 tackles for loss. Uh, that is good for 4.6 per game. That is good for 111th. Uh, You gained 12 turnovers, which is tied for 115th. You had six fumbles recovered and six interceptions. When you talk about this defense for Northwestern this year, you have to focus on the fact that not a lot of negative plays were created. You see that 4.6 tackles for loss number that, that the defense was generating. Not a lot of pressure on the quarterback at just one and a half sacks per game. You got run on. Uh, There was not a lot of depth, especially up front in the front seven. There were some moments where you got pushed around. Granted, there there were some moments where you really showed up and looked decent. Uh, I mean, Ohio State struggled to run the ball on you. Granted, weather played an impact in that game. You talk about Penn State defensive performance was awesome. Weather played an impact in that game too. You had a lot of injuries. Your back end had all sorts of injuries. Cam Mitchell went down several times throughout the year. AJ Hampton, he missed five games this year. Coco Azuma, um, he played just three games, I believe, all year, if I recall correctly. Just you were never really healthy. You just were rotating bodies. There's a lot of young guys getting in as a result that had to get experience, had to grow up a lot. Um, and when you maybe lack talent and you're at a talent deficit against teams and you're at an experience deficit too, it's hard to perform at a very high level at all on the defensive side of the ball. I will say there was a lot of poor tackling, especially as the season progressed, a lot of missed tackles, a lot of opportunities to, to, um, put teams behind the sticks to put them in second and third and longs where one or two missed tackles happen and all of a sudden it's a third and short or it's a first down. That happens sometimes, too. The tackling was not good uh really at any level all year long. Um You can never really get any of that pressure. Uh Quarterbacks felt too comfortable back there, and it allowed them to – to put up, they didn't have to put up unbelievable numbers, but they were put up solid numbers. Um, we already talked about not having; they're, they're, they're not being enough negative plays. And I've talked about this all year long. There's just a general lack of speed on this Northwestern defense right now, especially in that second level with the linebackers. When you get those guys having to run sideline to sideline, that's not their game. They're good at coming downhill and making plays kind of between the tackles. And that's when we saw them at their best, uh, when they had to run sideline to sideline, when teams could use their speed to get to the edge that Northwestern defense struggled pretty mightily. And it was painful to watch. Um, When you got those linebackers, in coverage, some teams did a really good job of doing that. It's just, they, they, can't, they can't hang with them. They can't hang with them, and it just doesn't work. Uh, there's a lack of speed. We'll talk about that later. I'll be honest. I come back to this play because I don't think we realized just how much of a turning point it could have been for the season. So you lose to Duke by eight. Fum, where Evan Hull fumbles going across the goal line to uh, try to tie it up and force overtime. In that Duke game, there's a play early. Cam Mitchell's in coverage. He believes it's offensive pass interference. He lets the receiver go, and the receiver catches the ball. And by the time Cam Mitchell re-engages with the play, it's an 80-yard pass play, and Duke's going down the field. And they're gonna, then they end up scoring. If you don't quit on that play, maybe you get a stop, and they don't, fo- they don't score a touchdown there. And I, because that that play for whatever reason, it just sticks out in my mind. Does that play potentially swing that game? And all of a sudden, the entire season looks different because you're two and zero. You're 2 0 going to Southern or with Southern Illinois coming to town. You probably win that. Then you're 3 0. Then you've got Miami of Ohio. You're feeling good about yourself. You probably win that. Then you're 4 0. And we saw the fight against Penn State, and we saw the fight against Maryland, and we saw the fight against Purdue and Ohio State. I'm not saying you beat Penn State. I'm not saying you beat Ohio State. But is there a bigger level of buy in? Just, I, it, maybe it's not, it's probably not fair for, for me to point out that play, but that play in my mind encapsulated what this season became. Because it was a moment where bad break for Northwestern. And not only did Northwestern have the bad break happen, but they let the bad break be twice and it turned out to be critical. and then everything just felt like that was that was really where the snowball first started to form for me. but that one just sticks out to me and it's not probably not fair for me to to talk about that specific moment. but it is the one that sticks out that like if the 80-yard catch is not allowed if it's just a normal pi. Uh questionable as it may have been because it arguably should have been offensive pi. How does how does everything change? The 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 branch of the timeline? How does that go? Uh I'm just just curious as as I sit here and think about it. In a second we're going to talk about what Northwestern loses and what they need. But first, I want to thank you for making Locked On Northwestern your first listen to today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right. What does... Northwestern lose on the defensive side of the ball, besides the defense coordinator and your defensive line coach, which we will talk about more in the future. You're going to lose some faces off this defense too. Adetamuwa Adabare, Declan Carr, Ryan Johnson, Henrik Barnt, Jeremiah Lewis, maybe. Maybe leaving as well. A.J. Hampton, Devin O'Rourke, you're losing a couple big leaders on this defense that one we knew coming into the year was going to be a big leader. The other had to step up due to injury. But Adetamwa Adabare, he's leaving for the NFL. He's accepted his senior bowl invite. He was the leader on the defensive trenches, captain of the team, sack leader. Um. Bruce Feldman's freak list, and he's everything you would want. The numbers may not, like, blow you out of the water, but he's the best defensive lineman this year. He's gone. How do you re- replace a guy like that? What he means to the program. Jeremiah Lewis, the Duke transfer, DB, played safety. A lot of safety this year, actually. He stepped up when guys went down. Um, I guess theoretically he could re- return with his COVID year or he could leave. He could leave, try to try to go pro. He could, which probably isn't going to happen. Um, he go somewhere else. I mean, he's already played 45 years of ball. I do believe. Then you've got a couple of transfers, Wendell Davis, Jr., the pit transfer linebacker who transferred in this year. He's back in the portal. Tyler Haskins, defensive back. He's in the portal as well. These are bodies on a defense that did not have a lot of depth that are not coming back. How do you replace that? You have to leverage the transfer portal somehow. I don't know how that's going to happen at Northwestern right now with the way the games being played around the country with NIL. You desperately need an influx of talent. You've got a solid class, but how do the changes on staff affect this recruiting class here in the next few weeks? You need speed. You need speed really badly. You need athleticism. You need depth. You need depth. You don't have depth, especially in the front seven, especially in the trenches. Can you kind of go back to the way things were with Mike Hankwitz's scheme cuz you were really good defense in that? I think the uh the Nor- Northwestern Rivals team, I think they they made a g- a good point that it was confusing when Jim O'Neill, one of his first interviews he was like, yeah, the the defense is 75% different in there, it's like what? Why? If it's not broke, why fix it? Well, it didn't go well. It wasn't fixed. Because you were a daggum good, a daggum good defense before Jim O'Neill. And things just didn't work out. And that's not saying Jim O'Neill's a bad coach. That's just, it didn't work at Northwestern. You have to find a way to stop the run. You've been in the bottom third of the country the last two years, 119th and 111th in run defense the past two seasons. You need somebody who can go recruit at the defensive coordinator position. You need somebody who can go get that talent because you need it. You can't allow opposing teams to crack 30 points seven-plus times a year. That can't happen because – the offense, when the offense is scoring 16.3 points per game or however many it is, that ain't going to cut it. That ain't going to cut it. You have to hold teams to a lower point total. You can't let Illinois drop 41 on you, which some of it's not the is fought. I know. You can't let Iowa do what Iowa did to you. That was awful. That was, I mean... <laughs> That was the 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 time that Fitz didn't have positives in his post game press conference. None of them. That didn't really happen. But yeah, you got you got to figure out what the plan is. Something had to change, and it's probably the right move. If anything, there should be more change than just the three coaches that did change. And we're gonna talk about the others one the other ones later. But Jim O'Neill's the start. He's the biggest position that has turned over. The defensive, ball, de- defensive side of the ball needs help. Somebody's got to fix it. Right now, Fitz is looking around trying to find answers. Be interesting to see what he comes up with. That's probably going to do it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in to Locked on Northwestern. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. We really appreciate it. We're available wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever uh, you can find us. We're also on YouTube. Just search Locked On Northwestern. Wherever you're listening, make sure you turn on notifications. Make sure you turn on, uh, you subscribe. Make sure you leave a comment. Make sure you give some feedback. Trying to make the show better at all times. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Um, haven't really decided what we're going to talk about, um, but we're also going to have our Friday picks segment for sure. Because we always have that every Friday. Brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, all those lines, of course. Um, but yeah, I'll see you all later. Uh, I'm your host, Carter Bird. You can follow me on social media at CarterBird13, and I'll see you all next time.